All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuckaroos? How's it going? How are you? I'm Mark. I uh, I manage the place. Yeah, I manage this place. I'm. Uh, if you have complaints, let me know. Uh, try to keep it uh, on the level. I don't know what the fuck, man. Some days I wake up and, you know, like yesterday I felt great, but now I've been doing the sugar detox and uh, I don't know. I don't feel great today. Drank a lot of tea. You know, I'm off the coffee, but man, you drink enough Assam tea, you get to this level of intensity of clarity of, of a, there's a, a different type of a, it's sort of a hyperspace of aggro you got to really work at it though you got to drink a lot of it god knows it just because i got off coffee doesn't mean i'm not going to figure out a way to get what i need out of everything else that's just the nature of it that's the nature of the compulsion did i mention i don't think i did, did i mentioned yet that my guest today is rachel brosnahan uh, who is the actress on the uh, show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I like. I like. I, di- I didn't think I would, but I do. So she'll be here. That was nice. She's pleasant. Hey, you know what I'm starting to realize, uh, people, is that uh, during this age of uh, horror and excitement, uh, we're probably going to see just who everybody really is. It's a weird thing. It's a weird phenomenon that trickles down from the monster at the top of the pyramid is that uh, now everybody's sort of shameless. It's sort of like, hey, man, maybe I can shoot from the hip. Hey, man, maybe I can take some risks. Hey, man, maybe I can say some shit that'll upset some people. Hey, man, maybe I I can do some some uh, bad business, some some uh, morally dubious uh, business behavior and just personal behavior. Maybe I can get away with that. But you know what we're seeing is that it seems like only the president remains unchecked. Everybody else has got to take the hit. But we're going to see, you know, if we make it through this with any semblance of a a reasonable system and decent people persevering. I wonder if a a lot of these people are going to are going to pay the price. Look, we've all got a price to pay. I know. But there's a there's a type of shamelessness that's going on that's just sort of mind-blowing and it is the shamelessness that trickles down from the top like it's interesting to me a lot of people are like can you believe roseanne of course of course i can roseanne donald trump kanye west same sickness you know if, if there's a hall of fame for narcissists they're at the top of their game like this is if you've got the platform if you really think about narcissism i don't know if i've said this before everyone's a little narcissistic i am but there are a few people that are actually pathological narcissists, narcissistic personality disorder. It's the one thing to be a little narcissistic or even to be utterly self-centered. It's a completely other ball of wax to actually have narcissistic personality disorder because that is almost unhelpable. In the world of narcissism, who if somebody thinks it's all about them, it's all about them. They, they see no boundaries. They are, there is no real distance between them and their extension of their brain into the world at large, whatever the world that is that they live in, that the ultimate success for narcissists is to make it all about them. And Trump has done that on a global level. He is the, 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 the ultimate success as a narcissistic person, as a person, someone with the personality disorder, he won. Now, there are these other people with platforms that are equally as narcissistic uh, and, and have different talents and, and are not you know, without talent or, or creativity. But but they if they if their platform is big enough, there's a jockeying going on 
for who can maintain the most of the public's attention, the world's attention, the culture's attention at any given moment. And uh, Roseanne and Kanye are right there. There's a, there's a triad uh, right now culturally. There's the president who is the, the narcissist in charge. And then there's these sort of satellite narcissists who also have, have very large platforms. But, but the, the symptoms are all the same. When, you, when people ask me about Roseanne, it's like, what, do you, what, what did you, of course, what do you expect? I mean, look at her Twitter feed for the last seven years. Listen to her interview on here. What, like it's jarring, it's surprising? She said a horrible thing and, and now she's paying the price for it. People pay the price these days for doing horrible things. That is everybody but the president. So I'm just going to read these to you and, uh, and, and see, like, maybe it'll, it'll resonate. But I, I think it was interesting because I found it poking around doing my research on narcissism, although I didn't call my father. The seven deadly sins of narcissism. These two guys, Hotchkiss and Masterson, I guess, identified what they called the seven deadly sins of narcissism. And it's pervasive because it's a little bit contagious because everybody wants to. Everybody wants to make it about them. And now everybody has the resources to sort of at least think that it's sort of about them. You put it out there in the world. Number one, shamelessness. Shame is the feeling that lurks beneath all unhealthy narcissism and the inability to process shame in healthy ways. Two, magical thinking. Narcissists see themselves as perfect using distortion and illusion known as magical thinking you can also just maybe put lying in there. They also use projection to dump shame onto others. Three, arrogance. A narcissist who is feeling deflated may reinflate their sense of self-importance by diminishing, debasing, or degrading somebody else. Now, everybody's done that to a certain degree, but we're now seeing it on a global level. Four, envy. A narcissist may secure a sense of superiority in the face of another person's ability by using contempt to minimize the other person or their achievements. Five, entitlement. Narcissists hold unreasonable expectations of particularly favorable treatment and automatic compliance because they consider themselves special. Failure to comply is considered an attack on their superiority and the perpetrator is considered an awkward or difficult person. Defiance of their will is a narcissistic injury that can trigger narcissistic rage. Huh. I got a little of this. Six, exploitation can take many forms, but always involves the exploitation of others without regard for their feelings or interests. Often the other person is in a subservient position where resistance would be difficult or even impossible. Sometimes the subservience is not so much real as assumed. Seven, bad boundaries. Narcissists do not recognize that they have boundaries and that others are separate and are not extensions of themselves. Others either exist to meet their needs or may as well not exist at all. Those who provide narcissistic supply to the narcissist are treated as if they are part of the narcissist and are expected to live up to those expectations. In the mind of a narcissist, there is no boundary between self and other. So if you fight back, then it's either you fighting back at yourself or you got to get rid of that. But anyways, the reason I just look at this is because this is the prominent disposition in cultural discourse in a broad sense right now. So if narcissists see no difference between themselves and their extensions of themselves or people that comply with them, that there's just an extension of them, that you know, there's got to be all these willing components, right? There's a bunch of willing components, that's the idea of the narcissistic supply. So the base is Trump's narcissistic supply.
I guess that's one of the reasons I have such a weird kind of defensive boundary reaction, you know, to like, I don't see any difference between the disposition of someone like Roseanne, someone like Trump, someone like Kanye, the narcissist, you know, in your life, that's what's guiding the world. And, and, and with that as a leadership, all of a sudden everybody feels like, you know, they fuck it. It's all about me too. I can do whatever the fuck I want. There will be reprisals though. I believe local, state, personal, cultural levels. I don't think I, it seems very difficult to rein the narcissist in chief in. Apparently no one made any rules for that. Just norms, no rules, norms. He's breaking all the norms. It's unprecedented, i.e. fucked up and scary. These norms might, maybe someone might want to make note of the norms that are being broken and maybe try to make a little handbook, a rule book of things that they have to do so we don't all become, you know, just appendages of this narcissistic shit show. Anyways, that's just sort of what I'm thinking about a little, you know. All right, Rachel Brosnahan. Uh, I'm about you're about to hear me talk to her, and the show is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Which, honestly, as I said before, I didn't think I would like because I'm a comic, and there's something about being a comic when they make shows about comedy or stand up in particular. No matter what era it is, you're like, are they going to get it right? Am I going to buy it? Is this uh, how can this? How can she? How can he, how can they be, be act like a stand-up? I've never seen anyone do stand-up uh, who's not a stand-up and make it seem like it's stand-up. But there was something about this show that I grew to really like. I, I liked the period. I liked having a strong female voice in a time where they didn't exist like the character Mrs. Maisel. There were definitely strong female voices around in stand-up, but they were very specific. But there was something about, you know, backloading a, a real strong sort of... Um, coincidentally accidentally feminist voice into this era that i thought was a very uh, uh amazing device and i'll talk to rachel about that but uh yeah the show is the marvelous mrs mazel and this is me and rachel so what do you what are you out doing today what are you doing just well, this? It looks like you're a little dressed up. Yeah, no, I'm sort of doing doing <laughs> the rounds. I know uh-huh. I feel so like strange with like so much makeup on for a podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry there's not a camera. I will take no, a selfie please. after. It'll be great. a great. It'll be it'll a great, be the best selfie I've ever taken. Great selfie. <laughs> no, I'm sort of doing that thing where we have like a. You run around do a press day. Yeah, we, well, it's press and. You know, we have one week essentially to to do everything before we go under into shooting our second season. You so, haven't shot it yet. No. What are you waiting for? I That's know. crazy. I so, know. What? It takes time. These I know. Things. I just I just shot Glow, but I mean, but D- are I, you done now? Yeah, but oh, we've cool. been done a while. You have? Yeah, like a month or two. Oh. I mean, I feel, and I got to go do ADR today, so we're that done. Wow, I'm yeah. living under a rock. Huh? Yeah. Uh, well, no. I mean, I how would you know? But I mean, but it seems like that it, you would have been done in in post already. No, we 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 just started. I mean, we just shot part of our first two episodes in Paris, which was cool. Oh right, I ran into Shaloub the other day. Oh, did you? Where yeah. did you run into him? I did a roundtable with oh, him. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. How was it? It was good. It was good. You know, it was uh, it was an odd group. It was me and Tony and uh, Ray Romano and Tracy Morgan and oh, Louis Anderson. God. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> he told me he was talking about just having gotten back from Paris. Yeah, we just well, got back. Well, what'd you do there? What was the angle? 
we the well, family I visit. Can't, I can't give too much away. It's, no, I know. Yeah, but we, uh, yeah, we, we, we are there with uh-huh. the fam uh-huh. uh, for part of the first two episodes, and so we were there for three and a half weeks. No kidding. I think I'm still jet lagged. Although Tony went to Lebanon after that, so he's know, probably he's... all kinds of fucked up. Oh, did you hear that story? No. That's pretty. I maybe I should have him on. No, he went back to sort of search his father's history yes. really and he found the not only the village but the house he did that that his family came from yeah cool yeah that's pretty cool right wow i haven't seen him since we got back here oh. I'm gonna have s- you I've been to lebanon him. you got a lebanon story? no i've no nope not yet now i need to get one and come back <laughs> but like where like where are you from I'm from Highland Park, Illinois, which is a suburb like uh, yeah. 30 minutes north of Chicago. Not a Jew, though. No, 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 no. You play a Jew, you're not a Jew, and you grew up in a Jewish area. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so did that help you familiarize yourself with... I yeah. think so. You know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I grew up... My dad tells me this story that he didn't tell me until very recently, but I apparently when I was five years old came home really, really distraught from Mm -hmm. kindergarten and and was like, Daddy, what is my Hebrew name? Everybody has one. (laughs) You know, I was really upset about it. (laughs) Um, But I think I did. I spent a lot of time immersed in and welcomed by Jewish culture and community. Yeah. Uh, And... They don't. They don't know it, but but I borrowed a few pieces from some of my friends' Parents? mothers for yeah. for Midge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like what? Um, <laughs> I've got, but I can't say otherwise. She's gonna figure it out. Well, you can't um, say. But the name. Well, you the, have to say the name of the person. No, but. some of the obsession with with the the kids' looks. You know, like right. her giant forehead and right. just sort of. Some of yeah. the speech patterns, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Probably from one of my friends' mothers in particular. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't grow up around Chicago Jews, but I grew up around New Jersey Jews. So you know. How, how different? Michael Zegan's from New Jersey. Which who one plays, is he? He plays Joel. There's a difference. There's slight differences in accent and and culture, uh-huh. but not much. I mean, there. I can't. I can't always put my my finger on what it is that makes uh, Jews so specific and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I say that as a Jew to a non-Jew. But uh, but there is a like you were able to sort of focus in on some of those idiosyncrasies. They're they're real. But you well, have, we also have brilliant writing. You know, Amy grew up yeah. uh, with a with a comedian dad. Who is her dad? Is it? It's not Alan Sherman, is it? Uh, Don Sherman, I think. Don is Sherman. His name. I hope oh, I'm yeah? getting that right. Um, yeah, he was he was a comedian. He was a stand-up. She says he does a lot of he did a lot of um, cruise ships. Oh yeah, made a living doing cruise ships. A ship comic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so and she... Tony recently came across, although I haven't heard them yet, some of his some of his stand-up. And oh said really? It was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy's got to have some of the, her old man stand-up. I mean, yeah, I, right. Yeah. So all right, so you're growing up there. How 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 do you say? How, where's your last name from? Brosn- Brosnahan. Brosnahan. Wow. Yeah. Well, Nobody ever gets that. it right. Really? Yeah. What do they say? Oh, a whole lot of things. Like, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a list. Uh, uh, Brosnahan. Come on. Brosnahan. 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 Yeah. Sure. And then there's just the pause. There's Rachel. And then I know it's me. And then you say your last name. And I'm name. like, it's me. <laughs> well, those are all the Gaelic, the uh, the the proper pronunciations. What is yes. it? Is it Irish? It's Irish, yeah. Like yeah. It looks like classic old Irish. Yeah, I, this is crazy. But a couple years ago, my extended family on my dad's side, who yeah. are Irish, we all went out to Ireland and went to Brosna, uh-huh. which is this teeny tiny town. Yeah. 
I'm not actually exactly sure where it is, but teeny tiny town, and and it was wild. The, there was this graveyard, and every single person in it was Brosnan or Brosnahan. We all hail from the town of Brosnan. Oh, it's from Pierce Brosnan. A couple Brosnan. glasses of Guinness on yeah. the on the ledge, you know, of the grave yeah, so, stones. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Pierce Brosnan? Is it Pierce Brosnan? What is his I name? I think Brosnan. so. Brosnan. Yeah. I assume we hail from the same from tiny Bros- part of from Brosna. Brosna. Yeah. Where do you like? Where do you spend time in Ireland? Because I love uh, Ireland, and I've only been there a little bit. Did you really do the whole country kind of deal? Not really. I mean, we we stayed. It's been quite a few years now. We went to. I know we went to Blarney. We went to. Um, oh, what's that? Uh, Dingle. We went to Dingle. Yeah. We sort of drove around a little bit. Like the coast or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dublin. Did you go to Dublin? We flew into Dublin. Right. But we, we only spent the night there. Huh. And you got a car, drove around with the family? Yes. Turns out my mother's the only person in our family who can drive stick shift. So she she drove us the whole Stick way. shift on the wrong side of the <laughs> yes, road. Yes, exactly. Well, she's from England. So Oh, oh, that, oh yeah. so it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't too confusing I, for her. I found it. I, the idea of it sounds terrifying to me. To horrifying. Try to, re- to try to remember that shit. I would never. I would kill us all. Oh, you'd have to drive so slow. Yeah, I'm not to... a great driver anyway. I oh. mean, I live in New York. <laughs> right. We don't drive anymore. Oh, you I've do? forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, you don't live out here, huh? No. Not no. yet. No, uh, no, I don't think I, I lived here for about eight months after college, uh-huh. and I threw in the towel pretty quick. What? I couldn't do it. Couldn't take it. Not for me. No. Well, but you were a child. Now you're I was. A, a little older. I like seasons. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, I lived in New York forever. I mean, I lost time out here. I feel like I blinked, and eight months went by. Yeah, no, there's no way to, to feel time going by. It's, it's very, it's very odd. There's Is it something. nice or just confusing? No, I don't know. It's, a, it's something about the climate. It's like, it is annoying. You know, it, it, and you do feel a kind of um, at sea here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You're, it's an isolating place if you don't, you know, have an active social life or you aren't propelled that way. Whereas in New yeah. York, you can just go down the street or meet your friend at yeah. the place and, you know, take the train. Yeah. You can make spontaneous plans here. Yeah. It's like, there's no way you can make spontaneous plans with someone in Santa Monica. Everyone's or so even... flaky. I mean, I just feel like they're not, I, I don't know. People like, are flaky? Here, yeah. Well, it's like, it's a big deal if you're going to drive somewhere. That's right. You know, you, if you're going to drive somewhere. It better it could, be worth it. Well, but yeah, it could take three <laughs> hours out of your day. Yeah. yeah. Right? Do yeah. you live in Brooklyn? I live up in Harlem. Okay. So like, but like, so you can meet anywhere in the city. Yeah. You know, within and be there within 25 minutes. Totally. Really? Yep. Except Brooklyn. I mean, I, yeah, a little higher up in Harlem, so it takes a little bit longer sometimes. And the right. trains are all fucked up now. So they're always all fucked up. I mean, especially now. How are they going to really, fix them? I don't know. That, I mean, that's, isn't that part of Cynthia Nixon's new campaign? I, well, I hope so. I don't, I, hope I, so too. I, I I'm not in touch with New York politics. I'm yeah. too overwhelmed with national politics, yeah. but I do know they seem to have put that shit off for a while. It's all piecemeal repairs. And, and it's not happening fast enough. I mean, on the How weekend, everything's crawling. The express trains are stopping between every single local station. It's, it's a mess right now. Well, I mean, those, like, I mean, I used to do a bit about that, about how, like, in New York, there's always a guy in a hole it, yeah, at, at all hours <laughs> of the night. Night, there's yeah. a guy standing over a hole with a light. <laughs> <laughs> there's like two in the morning. It's like, what are they doing? That sums can't, up the New York yeah, experience. It can't be good, whatever they're doing. If it's if it's two in the morning I and they're doing that. it now. Yeah. Well, that's what else are they going to do? It. That's the only time that people aren't completely relying know, on true. the train. It's true. I, I don't like, I hope they get it fixed, but it's like out here. It's like traffic. It's like, it, it's never going to get better. When, when, where are they, where are they going to build a new know, highway? I when they Anyway. Well, that's what I talked to an Uber driver once about that. Uh-huh. He was saying that, I don't know if this is true, but that yeah. initially that was the hope for Uber was that yeah. it would reduce traffic because more people would take them together. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, it would take groups, uh, you know, group in Ubers? In Uber, yeah. Yeah, that seems a little idealistic. It does. I find that anybody out here, if you don't have a culture of public transport, that shifting people over to it, yeah. even to Uber, even to a train, yeah. it's sort of like, nah, this is like a car culture. It was invented out here. Anyway. So how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one brother and one sister. What kind of Irish family is that? I know. Not a very good one. Are both Failed your, Irish family. Are you both your parents of that uh, ilk? Catholic-y, irish or? Uh, no, my, my mom's British. Oh, and Brit- my, totally British. Yeah, and my dad is not Irish himself. I think his grandparents Oh, so it's just kind of, yeah. Passed down too far. Oh, so you didn't grow up with the Catholic thing? No. That's what usually creates the, the multitudes. No, I think I think they were, <laughs> my dad grew up Irish Catholic. Yeah. And without saying too much about it, very few of his siblings are still Catholic. Oh, really? They yeah. turned? Yeah, they turned yeah. to the dark side. Oh, yeah? They're all heathens now. Oh, good. Well, yeah. I don't know what's darker. I mean, you know, as, his, I know. <laughs> as, exactly. as the news comes in, you know, it's not. it turns out it's not the greatest church I in the know, world. I know, I know. Well, yeah, my dad's one of six. Oh, though. there you go. He has five sisters, yeah. Oh, really? And you know them all? I do. Yeah? Yeah. And how, what's your sibling situation? You got what? They're little. They're uh, being, I mean, not, not Younger teeny. than you? Yeah, they're younger than me. My sister is... 19 yeah and my brother is 24 oh yeah yeah what are they doing my brother's working in banking out in denver right now banking in denver mm-hmm. huh and my sister is in college and she plays soccer soccer yeah. soccer and banking yeah and you're a little tv star yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so all right so you're you're like what's when do you start uh, doing uh, the song and dance routines song and dance no i mean yeah when does it happen when do you start doing you know, acting my, my stomach just oh i yeah. meant literal song and dance no. my stomach just dropped out of the bottom i'm oh, like, so I was, horrified like I was at the idea of ask singing you to do it yeah it's like come on sing singing makes me want to die <laughs> um uh uh when did i start doing yeah it? like in high school yeah i think i always liked i was liked performing um, right you know i liked all little school plays you did little, those yeah, spring sings. Those are my jams. Spring sings. What yeah. are those? I've never right. heard that before in my you, life. You sing in the spring. Oh, really? Yeah. And with a bunch of people. With, with a bunch of other kids on stage. Yeah. It's so pre- you do like pretty to sing. terrible. Why'd you get freaked out? I mean, I like to sing. I'm a terrible singer. I don't want to sing in front of anyone else. But you didn't, you didn't do any musicals. <laughs> I was a part of a group. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did do musicals. There was a period of my life where I thought I could sing, and then I went to college, and they made you sing in front of all your classmates, uh-huh. and now I'm scarred for life. Really? Yeah. It was too scary? It was absolutely horrifying. I, I, I feel that way too, but I've done it a few times lately. Have you? On yeah. what? I go, when I play guitar with people, sometimes I'll sing some songs. Oh, and okay. I have a I have a slight lisp anyways, but when I sing, it seems to be uh, accentuated. And uh, I notice it. I don't know if other people <laughs> notice it. I, I wouldn't uh, have noticed until you told me. Although right. I've been told I have one too. You do? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm full of speech impediments. It's terrible. I have bad L's. Do like you? I could barely say that one. But you just said it. Sounds fine. L. Uh, I say them in my throat, like L. So there's no real la. It's just like ah. Uh, it's like it. Uh, it doesn't matter. You spent a lot of time thinking about this. I can. I can, Like now I am, and I, yes, I have spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> I never I, noticed. I re- no people don't notice because as long as you're communicating what you want to communicate. Yeah. But if you were a speech therapist, you'd be like, I can help you. Yeah, but that's that's th- for better or for worse. You right. Know? Like, sure. Yeah. So okay. So you're doing spring sings. Did some spring sings. Yeah, and then many uh, spring sings. And no, the musicals in high school, one or two. I did a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in Cats. Oh yeah. I was in a high school production of Cats. Yeah, yeah. That must have been great. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we spent all of rehearsals <laughs> for Cats. Very stoned. It was extremely enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Cats was great. Yeah, I was in uh, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Ooh. We really, we really reached out. You did big shows. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did. Was it a big high school? Was it a big rich high school? It was a pretty big high school with a pretty heavy focus on the arts. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you walked out. Was that just a public arts. high school, a private high? Really? Yeah, an amazing public high school. Are your parents in the arts? Are they into arts? Or are they? What do they do? No, um, they they're not in the arts, but they enjoy them. I think mm. more so now that I'm in them. Uh-huh. Sort of, yeah. they had to. But uh, were they nervous when you did it at first? They were so nervous. Yeah. Well, what's your dad do? My dad was in children's book publishing. He published children's books. Yeah. Any any big ones? Uh, no, they did. They did. They had a big partnership. I think with Disney, they publish a lot of uh, Disney sound mm, books. You know mm-hmm. the books with the buttons, mm-hmm. and it speaks to you in all the different languages. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Was it his publishing company, or he just worked for him? He worked for him. Uh huh. Yeah, but mm. he was the the vice president of the international division, so he traveled a lot of children's publishing. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it Did, was cool. It, I mean, how's the guy end up there? Did he have a pension for that, or he was just in the publishing racket? What he yeah, used uh, yeah. to work for Golden Books. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Are they a children's book company? They did children's books. Do you remember those little books with the golden spine? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So he worked for them. That's and where he started. I guess this was the natural the transition. progression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving up. It was cool. Uh-huh. We had so many books growing children up. Children books. Yeah, yeah, plenty. I yeah. read a ton. Yeah, but I mean, after a certain age, I would think that would. You don't need I mean, to I no longer read the sound books. No, not anymore. In high school? Right? He doesn't send you a big bunch of sound books? I mean, that would be fun. Well, he's waiting. <laughs> Maybe someday you'll have a kid and he'll be able to yeah, exactly. stock up. He'll pull st- out the boxes he and definite, boxes and boxes. And that them. will happen. It will. And your mom did what she do? She raised us. Oh, yeah? Big job, yeah. Yeah, it is a big job. Three yeah. of you. Three of us. Yep, three little rascals. She just barely got done. She did. Mm. I know. So this high school, so art-focused... Yeah. And you know you want to act? I did. I I think I didn't always know that you could do acting as a career. You, you know, didn't? it felt no. I mean, I I watched movies and yeah. I I always wanted to do theater. I guess that's all I that's all I saw it as was theater was theater, how you became right. an actor. You never oh, you just would watch movies, but you, I guess I didn't make that association. At some point, you do read an article where someone makes $20 million for doing a movie, and you're like, wow, I guess you can do that. I think that came later. People yeah. weren't talking about that so I guess much not. then. I don't think so, yeah. yeah. But you knew you wanted to do stage? I did, yes. Mm. Yeah. And when then what was the next step? You graduated high school. With, were you a good student? Uh, you, I was all right. Really? Yeah. Just all right? I was okay. I mean, uh-huh. I, I think I was smart and good at testing, mm-hmm. and I liked learning, but I didn't always like what I was learning about. And so I was kind of bored and didn't yeah. always try as hard as I should have. Right. Or lock in. Yeah. Like if I was really passionate about something, mm-hmm. I would. I loved it. I would learn everything I could about it. But what were those things? I loved to read. Um, and I loved- Like fiction? Fiction. Yeah, mostly fiction. Uh, I feel like when I was younger, I started reading a lot of fantasy books. I yeah. loved Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Oh, yeah? You did that? Yeah. Uh-huh. All of that. I think uh-huh. that's kind of what we want to be an actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it like the fantasy realm? Like imagining worlds that I could Now you're playing imagine. this fantasy character of a female stand-up comic in the 50s. Right? Who actually had a point of view and yes, a voice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How lucky am I? It's a, it's a complete fantasy character. <laughs> not, a little bit, huh? It is, yeah. Yeah. But no, but I think that's what's great about the show. But. Yeah. So, so when you graduate, what, what's the next step for you to you tell your parents you want to pursue acting, or yeah. you do yeah. right after high school? I think during high school, I kind of said I want to I want to yeah. be an actor. They said you have to go to college, and I started doing research about uh, 
schools with good acting programs. Oh, yeah? I went to NYU. Well, oh, you did? Yeah. But did they do that thing where it's sort of like you have to get an education and act? Like, did you try to do that? Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that was nice about NYU. We had to take a lot of other classes. Tisch school? Tisch. Yeah. And it was a BFA, but it was an academic-heavy BFA. I was a psych minor, which I loved. Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like even with the theater classes that we were taking – I learned so much about other things. I mean, yeah. the, the theater studies classes that we took there. Yeah. I took a class about Native American theater studies. Really? About, yeah, about avant-garde theater and the history of it and, and LGBTQ theater studies. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was really cool. Native American theater studies. What what was that like? What was, what was some of the stuff? Uh, do you remember any of it? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Other than that, I loved it. And we yeah. went to see some theater in New York. And, oh, yeah? Uh, about the the kinds of storytelling, we had a wonderful Native American teacher hmm. um, who was really passionate about the arts within the community, and that's pretty wild. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so like uh, mythology and stuff, or some mythology. It was mostly about or contemporary how, how stories were used culturally, and uh-huh. the specific sense of humor with which stories uh-huh. were told. Um, we we created pieces yeah. was, i feel like college was all kind of a blur but i yeah. really loved that class and specifically loved that teacher yeah and like did you do a lot of experimental theater i didn't do a ton of it but i loved seeing it yeah uh i took an avant-garde theater studies class where we went once yeah. a week to see a show ready to see a show in a small black box exactly theater all the- these different Theaters all over the city, mostly yeah. in the Lower East Side. Did you see any of those? What was that guy's name? Foreman's play? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it Richard Foreman? Richard was that... Foreman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of things going on. Yeah, wacky. A lot, a lot of action. A lot yeah. Of, a lot of things going on. But really moving. I mean, I think it was a Richard Foreman show at the public that we saw. Oh, yeah? Um, Idiot Savant, I uh-huh. want to say. I think that was Richard Foreman. Yeah. And it was really moving and scary. Really? Yeah. I just saw, I remember seeing one, it reminded me of like uh, Marx Brothers, like because there was so much going on. What was it? Do you remember? I don't know. He. It seemed like when I was living in New York, he was doing a play every week. Yeah. Yeah. And it was on St. Mark's or somewhere. Yes, exactly. Right? Like yeah. there was just always posters up, you know, Richard Foreman. That's and, right. And there was, you know, how is it possible he's got another play up already? Yeah. His Did brain you, works a million miles. Yeah, ahead. I don't know what he looks like or what he does. Uh, you know anything about that guy? Yeah, and I don't know if he's Other still than that alive. He made a play or, a week. Yeah, and then I finally went to see one, and it was pretty overwhelming and great. I felt the same. Yeah. Did you go to like the Worcester Group and stuff? We didn't go to the Worcester Group, but the professor that we had, I believe, had done some work with them. Yeah. Yeah. So and then okay, so tell me what what you uh, what, you took a psychology class too? I did. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of psychology classes. You like that stuff? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it because it was uh, easy or because? No, I felt like it went hand in hand with theater. Oh yeah. It was an exploration of of the mind and of the history of mm-hmm. of psychology. Sure. And, and trying to figure it out and how we think about it too. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first big experience on stage in New York? You know, I didn't. I didn't do a full production in college. Really? Just bits? Yeah, mostly scenes from shows. They really, that wasn't part of the uh, curriculum to do a full show? I think at certain studios it was. Uh-huh. NYU has a whole bunch of different studios. Right. And uh, I was sort of trying to get my feet on the ground acting professionally while I was in school. Right. What was the studio you were in? I was in Strasbourg. Right. They, yeah, well, that's we cried right. a lot. You cried a lot mm-hmm. in Strasbourg. What were the other ones? I just talked to somebody about this. You did who? Kristen Bell. She went to NYU? Yeah, for oh. a couple of years. Oh, cool. 
Like I don't think she finished out because she got she got cast in a show. Oh. But like she was telling me about all the different schools, and I didn't realize that that you could kind of go to all these different things. Yeah, they, I mean, they place you, but there was, gosh, I feel like it's been a million years, but it actually hasn't. hasn't. A lot's happened long. since then. That's true. Uh, it was so I was in Strasbourg. Yeah, there was the Stella Adler Studio. Yeah, Meisner. All within the school. With yeah, under the NYU umbrella, under the Tisch umbrella. But you didn't have to go down to Meisner, right? You could do it in the NYU building. No, I think it was. Okay. They were at. The, we were at the Strasbourg Studio, which is also its own independent right. school. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see. So they kind of we subcontract. All over the city. Right. Yeah. Right. But they had their own teachers. They had separate right. NYU teachers. Who were obviously adept at that particular yes. method. Yeah. So you and have some Strasburg, of them crossed over. Right. Mos- Meisner, Stella Adler. Uh, Playwrights Horizons. Oh. Atlantic. Oh, yeah. The Mammoth trip. Yeah. yeah. Cap Just 21. Stand there and do your line. Find your mark and do your thing. See, is that it? I wouldn't know. We never had any interaction with any <laughs> with other the Atlantic? students. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just say the line clearly. You Stand clearly there. have worked with Mammoth. Well, I just interviewed him, and I always had a problem with his particular uh, way of doing things, and I talked to him about it. I was going to say, did you tell him that? What did he say? Well, no, I mean, it really comes down to what I've found with actors. It's like whatever you know method you're going to do or however you're going to apply them or yeah. the many that you do, it's yeah. like uh, there is an element of you either got it or you don't. Yeah, it just has to work, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it has to work, but also you have to show up with a certain amount of talent for doing yeah. it. yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you can get better at whatever it is, but yeah. what makes somebody great and what makes, I don't know, it's its not going to be repetition. I don't have the answers. <laughs> yeah, no, but okay, so you're doing Meisner, not Meisner, you did my, not Meisner, no, Strasburg. No, I did Strasburg, yeah. So, and what was that process? Like, what, how, how does that work? It was crazy. I feel like somebody once said to me, and this is kind of true, that mm-hmm. they- that they wanted to turn you inside out all the way and yeah. then, then turn you right side out and shake you out and hopefully That's your skin goes back things. on the right side of your body. Huh. Yeah, it was uh, it was intense. It was really intense. So that was the sort of obliterating this yourself, the sense of self. Like you just b- you become emotional mush all the time. We were we were pretty mushy, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had you know, a couple quarter-life crises, I feel, during that time. Um, but, it, but it was nice to be in New York doing that. It yeah. felt like we were less in that college bubble that sometimes happens yeah we're really doing it we're really doing it we're yeah. crying every single day we're at the strasburg institute uh, so you it, you had a teacher that had a certain amount of gravitas and weight right yeah, yeah. was he an old person i had a couple teachers every year so front at strasburg yeah we had more than one acting teacher and a lot of you know we had dance and singing like i said traumatized still but that was in his strasburg right it was really they oh so oh okay so the whole yeah. The whole umbrella of the education took place there. So you did dancing and singing. Just the the performance yeah, part took right. place at Strasbourg. So we took dancing, we took singing, we took Tai Chi, which was an oh, adventure. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we took we took voice and speech, which uh-huh. is how I learned about my lisp, just like you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, we took acting. But I did. I had I had a couple older acting teachers. Yeah. Well, I loved. well, yeah, but like my the the crying thing is that that seems to happen during scene study. Yes, exactly during those. Yeah, well, we did a lot <laughs> during of during sense... notes at scene study. Yes, no, before <laughs> that we did a lot oh, really? of sense memory training. Oh, so that was real method stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that work for you? It does. Um, it it does work for me. Yeah, but it doesn't work for everybody. You know, it's like you got to find your own thing, and I don't do it exactly like I learned it in school. 
Uh, what, you mean find something sad to cry about when you need to cry? <laughs> that basically... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much it. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for for all different kinds of emotions. Smell that sandwich. I get hesitant to talk about it because it's sad. The minute you start talking about it, you sound absolutely batshit. I don't know if that's true. I think I think actors get self-conscious talking about craft because... Yeah, craft um, and process. Right, because, you, you know... What I found talking to actors is that some people are just sort of like, I'm not going to do that or or not so much I'm not going to do that. But they say like, well, I, I take a little from everything I've learned and whatever, yeah. that it becomes a natural thing. It's hard to identify, you know, what your craft and process is. But there are things that you do. Yes. Well, it's so individual. <laughs> I think that's why people at least that's why I have a hard time talking about it sometimes, yeah. because it's such a it's such a vulnerable thing. Is craft it? and yeah. process. Yeah. Well, I find, I mean, I find acting so vulnerable in general. It's the, I've said this many times now, people ask a lot about, about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Midge and how confident she is. And yeah. I've said many times that one of the hardest things about it has been, has been finding that confidence while performing. That's something I find really scary and challenging. And I feel like Talking about it too much makes it worse. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> confidence while performing within the character or while performing the the character at all. You mean like by doing for doing comedy or just the, just okay. while performing? Oh yeah, like yeah. like the idea of performing feels like you're 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 putting something out there that is sure. sort of soft and squishy and, yeah. and leaving it open to to judgment and so many people's opinions about it. And you just hope that you're doing justice to brilliant material and right. and. Uh, and also that it's fulfilling in some way. Sure. Um, but I find that whole thing really vulnerable. So that's why that's why I start oh. talking about process, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, like you you, you touch some stuff sensorily, and then you cry about it. No, <laughs> it's not just crying. I feel like that was the joke, but it it uh it was a lot of different things trying to reach the height of all different kinds of emotions and learning sure. how to to access them and, and manage them manage them and manipulate them as you as you need to. i've had one person on here admit to doing animal work animal work. you know we did animal work yeah. in high school sure i've never told anyone that <laughs> that's your big secret <laughs> word is out we did animal work here in comes high the school. clickbait oh god <laughs> yeah it's the title rachel brosnahan on animal, animal work. work yeah <laughs> but uh but no i i mean it's it's that's an interesting exercise, you know. And it is I, interesting. And I, but I've not ever like who was it was Paul Dano, I think. Oh, who who copped to doing a little animal work for some I think uh, something? It's useful sometimes. I don't, I, you know, maybe I'll start doing more animal work. Well, no, I mean I don't. You've whatever me. anyone gets there, but 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 I find that like for some people, I guess acting sort of a job, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a job, yeah, obviously, of course. But you know, then there's people that that you know like just want to make the most out of the nuance of getting to the part you know yeah. like you know like the the like how, however deep anyone wants to get yeah. in their process yeah. whatever the fuck that is that might just be you know how they enjoy the work i was gonna say that's my favorite part yeah rehearsal is my favorite part that yeah. weird work that you hope that there's no fly on the wall yeah. witnessing in your apartment bathroom or something right. that's that is my favorite part uh and that's why it's hard to talk about i think it, yeah. it is it it's is personal it's personal but it's also hard to articulate yeah. what it is and sure. why it's enjoyable when sure. really so much of it feels like torture simultaneously you know? <laughs> well yeah no i get it you know but like you know just having done some myself you know i yeah. kind of try to if i were to really to think about for me it's like before they before a scene starts, 
<laughs> you kind of like have to get into the present and have to see who you're talking to. Yes. And like all that stuff. Is, yeah. But those are real practical things. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how to get out of self-consciousness somehow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I've truly spent so much time and this is not part of any method that yeah. I learned, but probably some article I read on the Internet have when I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble accessing that self-empowerment yeah. have definitely stood in the mirror in my corset and tights and uh-huh. all kinds of 1950s <laughs> under armor with my hands on my hips and power pose like you know, yeah, breathing yeah, like, into the mirror yeah, yeah, yeah. i got it i'm gonna I've do got it this. yeah well that well so but that was this was your a big you know break because you did you won the you won a golden globe right yeah and you did you get you got the Critics Choice Award as well? Yeah, that's big. I was there. I was there with both of those. You were? I didn't. Not see the it. Golden Globe. I was at Critics Choice, and I was at um, the SAG Awards. Oh, nice. Yeah, we weren't at the SAGs. But um, congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I I got nominated. Yeah, that, no. that's exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah, and your it, work is amazing. Oh, that's very sweet of you. I I appreciate that. It's really really. I'm, excellent. I'm doing everything I can. I love it. <laughs> so. I appreciate that. So, but this was, you kind of kicked around in TV a long time. Yeah. Really, right? So when did you graduate from Tish? In 2012. And you did a movie right away. I don't remember exactly what happened. Really? On the timeline of Did you do Beautiful Creatures? When was that? That was right as I was graduating. Yeah. So I, I finished a semester early. Yeah. And I think that was between when I finished and my actual graduation because I missed my college graduation uh, to do that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was. Was it worth it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, graduation. Who's in that movie? Who, who were you working with? Uh, it was Jeremy Irons, uh, and Emma Thompson, ooh. Viola Davis. Wow. Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, How big was your part? Did you have a good sized part? No, it was. It was a. I mean, it was a pretty small part. It was one of my first, one of my earlier jobs. But Who did you do scenes amazing. with? I worked with Emma a little bit, and a lot of stuff alone. I played like a. a crazy witch uh-huh yeah oh good who killed people with my eyes oh good yeah yeah it was see fun. like you don't seem like the kind of person that would kill people with your eyes so that's it that they must I mean, have a lot only, of faith we've in only your... spent like 30 minutes together <laughs> yeah there's still time oh good maybe by the <laughs> end you will need to kill me with your eyes but so you you probably you did a lot of work in television really yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of guest star things did you do any I'm um, like uh, you didn't do any of, did you do any of the procedurals when you were in New York um, I, I never did Law and Order, no. which I'm now can, I feel still like time. it's a badge of honor. No, there is still time. <laughs> there can, is still time. Yeah, there, I, I imagine it's never going to go off the air. You can always go back to Law and Order. You, you no, thanks. Yeah. You didn't do soaps. Oh, you're happy you didn't do a Law and Order? No, I was dying. Are you kidding me? I was dying to do Law and Order. I think I auditioned for Law and Order about 1,200 times. Really? <laughs> yeah. When you're in New York? Oh, yeah. I auditioned for all of the Law and Orders. Yeah. You know, there were three sure. of them on the air at once. Right. Because people, that's what you do when you're in New York. You yeah, and, do and Law and Order. Usually in New York, you do a Law and Order, you die, and then you come back as a totally different character sure. on more than one. Yeah. Yeah, law and order. Why, no one's paying attention. I know. You, you just spread it out a few months. Really, I'm just offended that nobody ever. Oh, now you're going to get a law and order. Yeah. And you won't be able to do it because no, it'll I be can't, like in fourth position. I, I can't. I simply can't uh-huh. do law and order. No. But what did you do? Like, uh, did you do? Like, I, I know you did House of Cards, but there's a few things before that. Yeah, I did. I did an episode of The Good Wife. That oh was, yeah. I think my first job in New York, uh-huh. my first TV thing in New York, which was a blast. Who'd you do the scenes with? 
uh, Christine Bransky uh-huh. and Juliana Margulies and is that how you say her last name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Michael J. Fox. It was his first episode or first of a couple episodes. Oh, that's like big. It was amazing. You know, I've I've been I think about it a lot now, but I I've been so lucky mostly in small roles early on and single episode guest stars or in roles like that small role in beautiful creatures to have worked with older actors who have been around forever whose careers i'm completely in awe of who have been so kind to me and probably don't even remember but like little moments that completely changed my life it's wild that like like what like you know that you can remember yeah well i mean i remember so many of them and truly like they probably don't remember this at all but i remember my first day on beautiful creatures emma thompson in the film i was playing her great 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 grandmother in some flashbacks right and she ran out of the hair and makeup trailer, gave me a huge hug and said, we're so happy you're finally here. <laughs> and I about died. Um, but was also just like, I, then I felt so good coming right. on to a set that I hadn't been a part of necessarily. They'd been shooting for weeks already. Yeah. And, and I was young and new and nervous as shit. And, yeah. and that made me feel so much better. Yeah, you know. A, and then I remember it still. I'll never forget it. It's like you're you're sort of welcome to the community. Yeah. Yeah. And from someone One of who's us. been a staple of the community for yeah, such a long time right. and who's so smart and yeah. articulate and talented and um and, and even working on The Good Wife, I remember Michael J. Fox. Uh I like I said, I think it was my first job in New York. I was shooting a, my coverage yeah. and he told me that I should look towards his outer eye so that I would open up further to the camera. Uh-huh. Tiny little thing, but it taught me something <laughs> nice. great. A and trick. Yeah, the little trick of the trade yeah, from, right. from, again, someone now I gotta remember who that. I've admired. I mean, sure. I, I'd quickly forgot, I think, yeah. but uh, but from someone who I admired for such a long time. Yeah. Um, Michael Kelly on House of Cards was yeah. the same way. Yeah. Michael's. Have you ever talked to Michael? No. You should. should. I? Yeah. It's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's so insanely talented. And Michael used to call my agent after we worked together yeah. and tell him that he loved working together. Oh, that's nice. And I was newly with this agency. We shared an agency. Yeah. And it meant a lot. And it yeah. and I think helped uh, solidify my standing. In sure, a sure. And um, it's just it, it's nice to, you know, when you start working with these cats who have been working in it forever and you show up on sets like I just know this. So like even when I was doing my own show, yeah. when you'd have these actors that you've known your whole life yeah. show up. Yeah. But there's that weird moment where like there they are. And then you're like, eh, he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the best part. Yeah. He's guy a guy doing a job. And he's a nice guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. So that must have been a big the House of Cards thing. You were on a lot of those. Yeah. I did quite a few. And that got you the the weird kind of like episodic training, I would imagine, to 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 sort of like have to go to work and do it for over and over again. The character. Well, that one was interesting because it felt more like shooting a film. Yeah. Uh, and I think Fincher always described it as a thirteen-hour movie. Oh, uh, you were in that first season. How how many seasons? When were you in it? I was in the first. I made appearances in the first three seasons. So th- were those all Fincher? Was that before he split? Just the f- I th- he was involved, but yeah. I was the first. I think he he only directed the first two episodes. Okay. That, oh, okay. That at least where yeah. I was. Yeah. Um. But it was something that was only supposed to be a much smaller thing, right. an episode or two, and, and right. it turned into a couple seasons. And it was, 
it was a blast. But don't you think like, you know, doing that kind of like episodic stuff is like, it, that's, re- that's the real training, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I developing mean, a character that I think hadn't already been developed. Right. That was such a gift. That, yeah. That the character was developing before my eyes and I was learning new things about her every week and getting to stretch my muscles. It was a yeah. type of role that I wasn't being seen for uh-huh. at all at that time. What would you, how would you describe that? Um, well, she, you know, she was a she was an ex prostitute, yeah, uh, or was still a prostitute in the first episode. It was a little more mature than uh-huh. some of the things that I had been being seen for. I was yeah. being seen for a lot of sixteen year olds, kind of asexual sixteen <laughs> year olds, and because you could play young, yeah, I could yeah. play young, yeah, uh, and so that was new. Yeah, um, yeah, it was also a lot darker than anything I'd, yeah, really tried over a long period of time, um, and I feel like I. I really feel like I grew up with that character. Uh-huh. I learned something about being more grounded and present from playing that role. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It was probably a little riskier. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah, to because like that's not your life. Right. And then you got to make this this type of character credible. Yes. And yeah. I was so nervous. I felt like I I, I struggled for a way in. And uh-huh. I was doing a lot of research and then realized that it, she's just a person. She's sure. a person who's struggling to find her identity. And, and that was a, uh, at that time when you're, you know, I was like 20. I feel like that was so much right. of my own experience right. through a completely different lens. And it was, it was amazing. It was then, an amazing time. Yeah. And then that's when you really sort of like, it, it, you start to realize like it's in the script yeah. So, you know, you got to show up for that thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, like you can go out and like stay up all night or, you know, read about hookers all you yeah. want. Yeah. But ultimately it's it's there, yeah. right? Like that's that's the, the thing that I started to realize. Well, my show was a little jokier, but like doing Glow is like this guy's on the page. Yeah. You know, you're, you, you know, you, you don't have to, you can do whatever you want to, you know, to, to get to him. Sure. But it's, it's here, right? It's there. It has to live and breathe. It's there on the yeah. page though, right? You can't, you know, you like I, I have, I've done improvisational shows. Yeah. Which are fine. Yeah. But I go, I'd rather do the script. I, me too. <laughs> you know, I, can, I agree. I can riff pretty good, but ultimately you're going to end up at yourself if you improvise. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's what I've always found anyway. I don't know if that's true yeah. for all improvisers. Well, no, yeah, but. some guys are, you know, yeah, they can do it in character forever. Yeah. But like, but, you know, you, you, you can only think so deep as the character. I also appreciate the collaboration. I really sure. love that on film sets and plays, everyone shows up and has one job, yeah. you know, or sometimes multiple sure. jobs. But but there's brilliant writers creating these worlds and the characters, the costume designers complete. Yeah. At least for me, I love costumes. They change Exciting. the way I sure. see characters and, yeah. and they change the way we all see characters. They yeah. inform so much about who these people are and hair and makeup and, yeah. and set design. It's, it's well, uh, well, when you're doing a period piece, it's a yeah. big deal, especially yeah. that period you're working in now. But me I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's a little, mine's a little easier to access. You can still get the clothes from my period. You can for us too. I just learned about dead Deadstock? Do you know oh, about really? Deadstock? What is Deadstock? Okay, I hope I'm getting this right. Otherwise, yeah. my costume judge is going to kill me. But I think it's just it's just clothes that haven't that were never worn that still have tags on them that have been held on to and preserved oh, in stor- from in storage from the, the time. Era. Yeah, I, I, at a at a at a like a show business wardrobe warehouse kind of thing. Or I'm you not know. sure where, where they are, where, come, <laughs> where they come from, or where they're kept. But yeah, yeah. where is Deadstock I kept? Did, uh, I did have a pair of shoes though on on Maisel that were that were Deadstock. They were still in the package, wow. and uh, and I put them on, and they were a pair of little ballerina flats, uh-huh. 
and whatever was the sole of the shoe just crumbled. R- I was right. like, I think this is lead. I've got to take these off. <laughs> it's poisonous shoes. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it was, but it just fell apart completely. Oh, my God. So what was Manhattan? I don't know what it is. Manhattan was a show about the Manhattan Project, about the building uh, of okay. bomb in the 1940s. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. No, please. Short-lived, but it was... It was. But it looks like you did a lot of episodes. Yeah, we made 20 and it was supposed to go on longer i mean ideally all series go on longer what Uh, network was it wgn america hmm yeah you work with daniel stern yes yeah that guy like i haven't seen him in a while did you do a lot of scenes with him i did a few scenes with him he directed an episode maybe two episodes how was that amazing yeah great director Huh. Yeah, he's really passionate about it. And I'm not, he's done, I think, a fair amount of directing, but he was so passionate about it. He gets actors. He was uh-huh. so kind um, and excited about the material. Wow. Great, great yeah. writers on that show, too. Yeah. Sam Shaw. Did you learn a lot? I did. We also got to shoot in Santa Fe, which I've fallen in love with completely. That's my home state. I know it that is? place. Yeah, I grew Where up in from? Albuquerque. A little bit different from Santa Fe. Yeah, but it's an hour away and I'm yeah. hip to it. Yeah. I was just up in Santa Fe. I go, you go further north, that's where it's really at. Taos, right? Not quite. Yeah, I mean, Taos is all right, you know, but like up in like uh, Chimayo where George O'Keefe's house is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Taos is pretty. I haven't been up there in a long time. I used to ski there when I was a kid. I've only been to Taos once, but the drive up to Taos, I think yeah. I enjoyed more than it's Taos great. itself. It's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's killer. Did you go to George O'Keefe's house? I didn't go oh, to George Oh, you got to go house. check that out. I've been to the museum, out. which I love, in Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. there's a You can go to her house. Where is it? It's in, uh, it's in uh, is it in Chimayo? Or it's, no, it's Abiquiu. Okay. Abiquiu. I try right? to go once a year out out that well, way. Well, it's really worth it. Like um, the museum is great, but you just you know you drive up north. It's about a half hour or so. It's a okay. little town. Okay. But they have it preserved. Amazing. And you can go into the courtyard and one or two of them. You can go into her studio. Oh, cool. It's and and that like that her view from her studio. That's sort of like that's it. Oh my god. That's New Mexico. I gotta go. Yeah, you do. You're funny. Like Albuquerque. That's a little different. Like what? It's like <laughs> what happened to you in Albuquerque? I don't. I didn't love Albuquerque so much. <laughs> what, what what traumatized you? I feel like maybe I was in a not great part of Albuquerque, but I feel like my only experience <laughs> of Albuquerque was a lot of Motel 6s. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess Albuquerque is, you grow up somewhere, you mythologize it a bit, but it was probably Did you different. love growing up there? Well, yeah, it was New Mexico, yeah. it was, and it was the biggest city in New Mexico, and, y- you know, it was a, a small town city. Yeah. But but it feels like it's come upon hard times uh, a lot of it and that you yeah. know it kind of it, it spread out and then kind of crumbled and I don't know really what's going on there anymore economically. I don't know too much either. I know they got that big studio there now. Yeah, I know they were. Ha- I don't know exactly what was yeah. going on with it, but I know they were having a hard time. There was some controversy about the tax break that was being offered right yeah well they i think they had a governor there for a while that was like you know fuck show business and then yeah, a lot of people were like what are you doing to the to the community <laughs> or to the culture or to the economics uh-huh, of the state yeah. but it um yeah but it, it was great yeah well that i think i think it's back i think people are shooting there again. is it back i think i don't know i know that saul shoots there that bob shoots out there yes call saul. yeah 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 and i i know there's they, they have that amazing facility out there yeah I, the big I, new studio yeah i don't know what the incentives are though i can text my friend like and find out. I'd love to know. I mean, I <laughs> loved shooting there. Truly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fell in love with Up the in state. Santa Fe? Yeah. Up in Santa Fe. Did you go to 10,000 Waves? I, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love 10,000 Waves. Isn't that great? It's so I go beautiful. there once a year or so. There's no cell phone service. It's yeah. just a great view of They the added mountains. a restaurant, you know. Yes, I've oh, been. You, oh, you went? Oh, 
Yeah. Did I? Good. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. right? It's, it's good. They have the best cheeseburger I've ever had. Really? Maybe ever. Truly. Oh man, I didn't get the cheeseburger. Worth I don't remember it. what I got. But uh, I remember when it didn't have a restaurant. I remember oh, that uh-huh. for years, yeah. And they have fewer bungalows things. and Yeah. And also, it's like, it's funny because the actual spa part of it is, it's still like sort of a community place. You yeah. can still kind of go there. It's pretty simple, which yeah. I love. Yeah. I, I love, this is going to sound creepy and weird, yeah. but I really love, I really love communal women's baths. Yeah. It feels so, it feels like something from another time. Yeah. And, and. I don't know. There's something about being surrounded by so many women in a in a place where you are asked to and allowed to relax. But yeah. that energy of all these women being together yeah. that way. Yeah. I've always found really beautiful and inspiring and it's a cultural thing too. I don't think is. that it's specifically an American thing, but no. there's still communities that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh there's Korean baths and there's yes. Russian baths and there's mm-hmm. you know I, yeah, the bath culture, I guess. I don't. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't really have that. As I don't a, think we have too much of that in the States, the but Schwitz. it's nice. You can go down, go down to 10th Avenue Baths and, on Women's Day. Wasn't there a dead body found in there? I don't know. I, I think there was a dead body found when in one that? of those baths in New York a couple of years ago, and I've, I've just, I've stayed away. I don't know if it was, was it found or was it just, did someone die in the in the sauna? No, I feel like it was found. Oh my God. I might God. be slightly making this up, but I feel... Maybe I exaggerated in a dream it's or something, someone, but I like, feel like it sounds like someone died. In I feel a like nap somebody or... was in a bath and they like stepped on a body, and it was a big deal. No, that wouldn't have happened down there. Are Not you t- sure? That, I don't know what room that would happen in. Somewhere in New York, in one of the baths. Oh, because that that one down on what's Tenth Avenue, right? The Tenth Avenue baths, I think it's called. Like I don't the know. old one where you know Belushi used to go sweat out his drugs. Oh. Uh, it was. Uh, well, I just remember they had like, it was a Russian bathhouse, but they had an Orthodox Jew day. So you, the Hasids would come and that was sort of a weird day. Amazing. Yeah. But they had all different days, but there wasn't a pool that you couldn't see the bottom. There was just a cold plunge and then this Maybe oven. Maybe it was a different, oh. Yeah. There, well, an oven of a sauna. Like that was the uh-huh. real, and you get a plaza where the guy would come in with the, the leaves. Really? The soaked. Um, Does this still, ex- it still exists? A plaza? Yeah. It's a Russian kind of, where you, they take these two bundles of uh, leaves that are bundled, yeah, and they soak them in hot water, and then they just beat the shit out of I you. I really wish that your audience could see the demonstration of that me I'm moving my hands right now. Yeah, and they, oh yeah, it's a little weird. But they <laughs> they soak them and then they beat you up with them and they rub them on your back. I, I don't know what kind of. I can't oh, think about anything except watching watching oh, yeah, you watching do it. Me right do it. Now. Yeah, at some they, there's an uh, and it's astringent. There's some kind of medicinal oh, okay. quality to the uh, actual leaves. Interesting. Have you had it done? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. You go over there and you just lay there and the guy, you know, you're never sure if the guy's a professional or he's just a guy who hangs around doing plots. Probably just a guy. It's, it's adventure usually to say. a big Russian dude. You're yeah. like, who does these? And then a guy just comes in with a bucket. And you're like, that's the guy, it's I guess. Him. Yeah, it's a plaza man. Plots me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The weird thing about that place is that it's like, it's a, it it looks like a rundown like old place. That's you, cool though. Yeah, and they've got these weird bunk beds, and they give you a shitty little robe. Really? Why the bunk beds? The to nap at you, you, you kind of the idea for a spa to I think is still nap. no to do it to take a day right to take a few yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. So you know you get your robe, you get your plastic slippers, you get your locker, and they've got like a little cafe that has like you know Russian food. That cool. not fancy, but they'll make you a blintz and you know whatever yeah. juice. That and then you, great. you know, yeah, you go down the bath for a little while. You sweat. You go in the hot room. You go in the 
cold plunge, you go in the dry sauna, wet sauna, then maybe you need a nap. Yeah. And then you go go eat some more, whatever. You're gonna spend the day at the spot. It's not it's not like ten thousand waves. You know, there's no view. You can go to the roof. I think. I mean, you can re- relax. Is relaxed. Is relaxed. Yeah. Well, that's good. We just had a twenty minute conversation about. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Baths. All right. So I guess my my thing the thing I realize about watching you and also about working with Allison Bree too. Yeah. Is that um, you know there you. you you guys are very experienced uh, actresses in, you know, in putting together, like, there's something similar about the characters, about Allison's and yours, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, but there also is something similar about the intensity of the performance. Be, and I and I, I start to think that maybe having done 22 episodes of Manhattan and all those, like, you know, having, you know, been in the, like, because it, it is a specifically... You know, these, like, they don't feel like movie parts to me. They feel like a, a character you get to know over time. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's a different type of performance. Mm. Do you? I guess you I wouldn't don't. approach it differently, but. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't feel like I'm approaching it differently, but it does feel like a luxury to be able to sit with the character for such a long time and to be able to learn so many new things about her over the course of so many episodes. To have a life as her. And to evolve as right, her. I mean, right, right. That, that feels like a huge gift. Yeah, in, in, in actual, you know, in, in in real time in a certain degree. Like you're yeah. evolving because it's like you're about to do a second season. You don't have any fucking idea. Yeah. What's going to happen. So, yeah. you know, you have this character. You've you've dragged her through whatever you've dragged her through yeah. first season. Yeah. And the evolution is going to happen. Yeah. And when you're shooting, it's going to happen in real time almost. Yeah. Well, I suppose that it's, it's different from a movie in that you learn about the character's history or, or whatever events complete. And the whole script's there, give or take. Yeah, and, and preceded those exact moments that are happening in the film. Uh-huh. But in TV, we've done it. We did the history. Uh-huh. There's still history. But, uh-huh. but the longer you sit with a character, you've lived the history. It feels yeah. real for you. Exactly. That's one. what I mean. Like yeah. there's a, you kind of, you're, you wear it differently. Yeah. In yeah. a way. Yeah. So when you like what was the process of because i'll be honest with you as a comic and as somebody who knows a bit about that era you know like i and i I don't think i was alone and there's no need for me to say that i don't need a team of people to say that (laughs) that i was skeptical of the show no of course you know i'm like okay here we go yeah comedy show about a a show about comedy of that era of all things so I watch like one and I'm like, I don't know, the tone is weird. Yeah. Like it's like, it's very clip. It's very, you know, like beat to beat. You know, bu- 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 yeah, highly stylized yeah. context. Um, and then, but then I watch another one and then, you know, Lenny Bruce shows up because yeah. he helps you out. And here yeah. you have, I guess you out of jail or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, and I like, you know, as a guy who's like listened to a lot of Lenny Bruce and seen Dustin do Lenny, that guy who plays him looks like him. And I, and I bought it. You know, I was like, all right, I see what they're doing. Yeah. This is, you know, they're playing with history. Yeah. They're taking a a, a fundamentally um, not a, not aware feminist character, yeah, and they're backloading her. Like they're they're creating you. Your character would not have existed in that time. Uh, yes, right? not exactly like right. That. Although I mean, you know, Joan Rivers and stuff like say, yeah. sure, but not somebody who is discussing real issues. You know, of being a woman, of being a wife. Well, Joan being, talked about a lot of that stuff. Right, in jokes, though. You're doing long form. Yes, that's right. Hers is more, Midge's is more stream of consciousness. Right, it's so it's like a nose. female Lenny Bruce in a way. Yes, similar right. style. Yeah. 
So like, so once I kind of got that, you know, no, I'm not taking anything away from Joan Rivers. She was great. And that may have been, you know, a point of departure, but someone with the freedom of mind that your character has is, is something that sort of exists today, but wouldn't have like necessarily had the, the, the way to exist then. She wouldn't have been able to maintain that platform. Right. Probably. Right. Lenny Bruce had a hard enough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was barely tolerable. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So once I kind of got into it, and I got you know, I I was uh, I was okay with it. But I ended up watching all of them, and I liked it, and oh, I was cool. moved, and I thought it was good. Thanks. But uh, what was um, what did you have to do for yourself to sort of uh, find confidence? Not I know you you struggle with that uh, just to perform, but to perform as a comic. So I was really obviously intimidated by that yeah. uh, but I think I think I realized about Midge sort of what you touched on which is that she she doesn't start a comic she starts a woman who's having kind of a prolonged mental breakdown yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a tragedy and her uh, divorce yes the, the exactly. separation. her yeah. husband leaves her her whole world gets turned upside down and she and that's a big deal at this time in history a and in a huge deal an upper class Jewish family I mean there yeah. there was no solution to that you right. could not win that game and yeah. that's why her dad turns to her and says you got to get him back there was no other option and uh and so she you know she finds herself on stage she sort of stream of consciousness talks about it makes some jokes it's funny um, but she doesn't really become a comic until yeah. much later in the season. Yeah. And so that was the way in for me, I think. I spent a lot of time studying comedy. I have some friends who are who are comedians. Who? Uh, my friend Jasmine Pierce was, uh-huh. was uh, very, very important to me during this process. Yeah. She wor- she writes for The Tonight Show. Uh-huh. And, um, and she was very skeptical as well, as I think most of the comedy community uh-huh. was. And about- what, they, what did she come back with? She loved it. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, she loved it. I think she she felt like even though it's stylized and even though some parts of it are whimsical and fantastical, that that the heart of it, the heart of this woman finding her voice yeah. through comedy, right. rang true. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that that's what she responded to the most. Who were you listening to to get the hang of it? I was listening to a lot of Joan Rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Moms Mabley. I was mm-hmm. just sort of Im- trying to immerse myself in the comedy world of the time. Yeah. Um, I listened to a lot of Bob Newhart. Yeah, Michaels. sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Lenny, did you listen to Lenny? Of course, yeah. Lenny, of course. And uh, and I also, I really loved, I think my favorite part about prepping for this show was going to a lot of open mic nights. I think the part that I was most interested uh-huh. in was watching beginner yeah. comics. right test out material yeah. and mostly the way that they responded to success and failure. Right. Um, that was something that I, that that was something that as somebody with no experience in comedy, I wasn't really sure what that looked like. Whether they go like, whoa, that didn't work out. Yeah, They'd whether like, they acknowledge it, no. how they acknowledge it, whether they're able to spin it into some kind of joke. I watched a girl, oh, it just makes me nauseous. I watched a girl sort of tank through most of the first minute or so of a yeah. set and just realize it wasn't going to get better. Mm-hmm. She sort of started talking about some very personal childhood things, but yeah. not really in joke form. Yeah. And then she just hung up the mic and walked off the stage. <laughs> oh, no. And as she was walking off the stage, the mic fell off the stand. Oh. And we were like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that one hurt I, in yeah, the guts. A little ex- <laughs> exclamation point for the end of that sadness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. still nauseous about it. Yeah. Uh, but but also, you know, I watched 
comedian, uh, early comics, early comics, beginning comics make jokes that they didn't know would land like they did. And that was kind of extraordinary to watch. The surprise. The surprise. And then the, the confidence that comes along with that surprise. Right. And, and the ability to nail jokes that maybe aren't even that funny for the rest of their set because they were so empowered by one moment that they weren't expecting. And then the, 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 the horrible thing is like doing it again and it doesn't work. Right. And I think you did in the show, right? Yes. And that's something that I watched a lot with my friend Jasmine. Jasmine started doing stand up very similarly to Midge and tiny, tiny basement clubs bring her shows and and moved her way up Uh and I remember watching her hone the same set through some of those shows and and just depending on sometimes it wasn't her sometimes it was just the night and that audience sure I've I have so much admiration and awe and and uh, the utmost respect for comedians I couldn't do it that You mean you didn't take you didn't take her out into the real clubs? I, oh my you god! You never tried stand up in, in the current culture? Absolutely not. I oh, that's I interesting. Think Why wouldn't you try that? Why wouldn't Jasmine write you a shtick? I mean, she would. She's offered many times. I think I would be so traumatized. I'm not sure I'd be able to go back and do the show. Come on! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's not the same. You know, I'm not. I can't claim to have ever actually done stand up working on this show. Yeah. I I have material that's written for me by brilliant writers. I'm not going out there as myself i'm playing a character who is really different from from me well i uh, so you wouldn't try stand up out of fear out of fear of how people would think of you out of both <laughs> uh both yeah. maybe no i had i never had any desire to do it before right I, maybe like now i've developed a newfound respect for it yeah. having spent some time studying it mm-hmm. but i i don't i've never had that desire to, to go out there and do it it just feels like the most vulnerable position you could possibly put yourself in you're putting yourself and your self-worth and part of your story on the line yeah it comes from such a personal place yeah i, I think that's true i i think i'm so jaded at this point because i've been doing it so long that i don't necessarily uh you know think about it like that anymore but i i do know when I did an hour special last year, and and I haven't written a, written a full hour since then. Yeah, I've got a bunch of new material. Hours a lot. That's a long. Well, time. you know, you kind of generate them. You know, you just yeah. you know, if you're doing it, like if you're really in it, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're working stand up, you're you're going to come up with it. You know, but I've got about thirty new minutes. But there's part of my brain that's sort of like fuck. Like that hour I did was good, but I don't want to go back. Like you never want to go back, and 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 so I I have that weird feeling of like I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be standing out there like an idiot. But I kind of feel that way about acting. Yeah, you know, like I feel like every new job I start yeah, on, yeah, I'm yeah. like, God, why did I do? Yeah. Why do I keep doing this to myself? But obviously we what, love it, the job? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, oh, it's going to be like 10 I'm weeks. I'm like, God, I'm, the other shoe's going to drop. Everyone's going to know I'm a fraud. They're yeah, yeah. Out, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I get that one. But for, for me, it's not, the fraud thing's not, not, not as much as it used to be. Because I don't, I don't think I'm that, you, you know. I, I do think like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm fairly, like with acting, I'm sort of like, look, I, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can. I've studied a bit, and yeah. you know, I did. Yeah, you know, I don't consider myself some sort of great actor. But with stand up, what what I am always worried about is like, when does that? When do the? When do I just start crying <laughs> in the middle of it? <laughs> you know, in a theater. When when do I just? Because re- it's come close to that before, but I'm in a pretty good place in my life. But like, I always wonder where. Because I always leave it to, right up to the edge with myself. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. But that's yeah. cool. I mean, is that what are you I've able to articulate me. why you keep going back to that to 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 stand up in general when I, you have I, that thing where you're like, oh, God, why am I doing I, this? I don't like 
I, I forget. I always forget that I'm a professional. You know, I always uh-huh. forget. You know, like I ran into Chappelle and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do out there. You know, he's like, you know, like I've had that feeling before, but we've been doing it, what, 30 years? Yeah. I mean, yeah, something's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I need to do it to myself. I need to be like, I don't fucking know how to do this. Yeah. I don't have any good jokes. I mean, that's a part of your process, it. right? It is actually. Yeah. But like it's a part that is pathological, and you know, yeah. it, it would you would think after so many years you'd be like, why don't you do something different so you don't have to freak yourself out and fuck yourself up for yeah. months on end? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of find that encouraging, though, if I'm being honest. Like, no, I do because because as as a as a fairly young actor, that's how I feel all the time. Full of dread, full of utter terror every single second, <laughs> and I'll never forget. Actually, yeah. I did. Um, a uh, project with Sam Neill uh, oh, yeah. a couple years ago, yeah. and, and Sam came on late in the project and shot all of his, all of his stuff together. And on the very first day, Sam, who's been doing this forever, who's a brilliant, brilliant actor, went, yeah. "Oh God, it never gets easier." And I was like, "That's both <laughs> utterly depressing and also really encouraging. It makes you feel like you're not alone. That you're not insane for having those thoughts because right. you feel insane every time. You're yeah. like, it's always been fine. Yeah. And also, what's the worst thing that can happen? You fail miserably, and then hopefully you can pick yourself back up. Right, or just well, with with film or television, it's like you could do another take. Right, or with, another project, hopefully. Oh you yeah, know? Like, yeah. It's weird as an actor, you don't have a lot of control over the final project, and yeah, yeah and failure product, yeah. feels like a part of the process. Everybody course, has yeah. done things. If you are a successful performer in any field, sure. everyone, every stand-up has bombed. Oh, yeah. Every actor's made a terrible movie. Yeah. that you're not proud of, but. It's a part of the learning process. Sure, it has to be. So yeah. I actually, thank you. I love hearing that from you. Yeah, it has to be. But it, you know, back in the day, you didn't have like you know thousands of people you know posting ironically your failure. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's sort of. I find like, yeah, it's terrible. The internet is a terrible, terrible yeah, yeah. pit of despair. But, but it also kind of zeroes itself out. You know, because for every person who's like, you suck, and no one's ever been worse than you. There's yeah. also the other side that's like, literally, no one's ever been greater yeah, than you. You're the Marry best. me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? yeah. And you're like, okay, this equals zero. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, if if you can do that, if it, you know, as long I mean, as as long as the done, mathematic huh? balance works on a day to day basis, yeah. like, God, it's a lot more shitty ones. To, <laughs> right today, everyone's like, yeah, "Your hair sucks." sucks. Terrible. It really hurts. I'm just awful today. <sighs> yeah. But uh, well, look, I, I I like the show, and and um, but congratulations on the awards. Thank you. I get. I imagine you're gunning for an Emmy as well. I mean, we're all singing for our supper right, right now, huh? You too. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've never done that singing for the supper. Yeah, you, you I've never to, done it either. Yeah, yeah. It's all new. I'm get learning the publicist so much. And then they, they, they send you places. Yeah. And they, they hope you, you don't say something stupid. They send stupid. you to parties and hope you don't embarrass yourself. And then I got to buy another suit. I bought one suit. I, I got to be spare. You're a man. You can have one suit. Yeah. I you can have be. a uniform. You're allowed. Uh, maybe I'll get one other one. Really? But they, wow. See, growth. Yeah. But like you guys, you women, uh, people dress you and they love dressing you. Yeah, That's I mean, fun, I find right? that fun. I find it a nice, uh, a nice distance from the thing. Yeah. The, the world is so strange, you know. It's it's not a meritocracy. Yeah. Um, and and I actually find that sort of encouraging too. That you can do great work and people yeah. have done great work yeah. that isn't recognized this yeah, way but it's amazing if you are lucky enough to yeah. be recognized this way because it opens doors for other opportunities. Yeah. But I find some there's something nice about being dressed by other people because it 
it uh, feels distant from from my life that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and then you you also realize in that moment, like, man, I don't have any taste. Like, yeah. Why do I only buy the same things? Why I have yeah. one outfit that looks good. Right. And exactly. I, that's that's the extent of my. It kind of bums <laughs> me out. Like even with the house, like the, putting my house together. Like if a designer came in, like in a day, I'd be like, holy shit, you just do that? Like it looks so. Dumb. I know. I know. But I'm so committed to like, no, I'm going to slowly gather my shit. And you put, work for it. Sure. Yeah. No, you don't want you don't want a bunch of alien things, no, weird clothing. It's got to be your stuff in your house. Exactly. But the weird clothing feels like costumes. It does. You know, and yeah. I, I like I appreciate that. I've made that's good. I've made tremendously horrible clothing choices many times. Oh, over I've the made years. some pretty terrible clothing choices. Where you look at those well. pictures and you're like, oh god. For me, it's more about all the times I tried to do my own hair and makeup before admitting defeat. Right. You thinking like you know, I can do it. I'm like I've got this. I don't. You know, I don't need to be high maintenance. <laughs> I can do my own and. Uh-huh. I reg- it's a lot filled with regret. <laughs> and then you're just like the <laughs> dumpy girl on the line at the red carpet. Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to her oh here? Oh my god. Um then I then I learned that I that I can't and and it's not worth the stress of sure. <laughs> trying to watch the YouTube tutorials to learn how to do my own makeup. Yeah. <laughs> before an award show, you're watching a YouTube tutorial. I've done it, not before an award show, but before like, you know, I've gone to those like, um, uh, I don't know, some like EW thing. Yeah, I was yeah. on a show, we did an EW thing. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to do my own. I'm yeah. going to pick my own yeah. outfit. I'm going to do my own makeup and cut to me in the bathroom with all the pieces of makeup I don't recognize <laughs> laid out in front of me watching YouTube, yeah. trying to apply highlighter to my cheekbones. Oh, how'd that it was go? not well. Would you show up looking like a doll? I showed up looking like, this is crazy. I put, this is the part I don't understand about makeup. Uh, I put so much makeup on my face. And in those photos, I look like I don't have any makeup on. But not in a good way. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So you kind of did it right, just not enough. Maybe you know. I, I look like a pancake, like like very. <laughs> Your very face just pale. flattened out, like completely uh, flat. Uh. Um. So all right. Yeah. Well, that's, I just, well, you that's not a, a skill I have. Yeah, it's all right. One day, though, I will say I do. One day, I, w- I want to get to the point where I'm brave enough to just fuck it. You yeah. know, like Fran McDormand is right. kicking ass, and she's, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um. I I like the armor of it. I think. Yeah. It feels like costume and and sort of like, right, a, sure. like a protective fun, layer playing dress up and yeah know, which like, is fun and everyone understands the rules yes like look who look how i got dressed up yeah nobody yeah, yeah. nobody thinks you did that yourself yeah, right um and but that's yeah. fun as long as you sure. recognize that but, but i the, also think like fran mcdormand is so stunning yeah. and so fucking cool yeah uh and she looks incredible and yeah. she's found a way to to be at least it appears to be completely herself mm. and own who she is and own her history and own what she wants her future to look like and uh and and feels empowered by that yeah in a way that I yeah find, she's amazing yeah definitely a powerful person yeah i've been lucky enough to meet her a couple of times and she was one of those people actually who early on just took time out of her day to be particularly generous and kind and she is she's so present and she looks you in the eye and and uh and and is able to remove all the bullshit for you yeah and And you're wondering if you can handle it can i how long can i stay in this that's right yeah (laughs) it is my goal to be able to remain in that yeah yeah stay in the gaze of francis mcdormand yes where'd you meet her at uh we again one of these early sort of smaller roles that 
that I had was in a, a miniseries, Olive Kittredge. Oh, that was great. Yeah. What would you play in that? I played a young woman who has had many miscarriages, who works in a donut shop. Oh, yeah. Blows off a cliff. Well, oh, right, right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Oh, it's so sad. I like that 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 series, though, that miniseries. So stunning. Yeah. It's so really beautiful. Every performance pretty across and sad. the board. Pretty and sad. And Jenkins was in it, right? Yeah. 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 He's he a great guy. He was extraordinary in it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that we gave that a good review. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, good luck at the future uh, awards uh, and uh, have fun shooting uh, season two. Thank you. And you too, and you the say, same. Thank you. Say hi to Kevin Pollack for me. I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> and Tony now. Tony's my friend. Yeah. I hope we get we see you all over yeah. at this. Oh, same yeah. for our supper. Yeah, I got a, some of that stuff coming up. And some glow press, but I'm not going to see you there. Some what press? Glow, glow. Oh, glow. See, I fucked up my so L. exciting. All right, bye. Bye. So that was that. Again, the show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, season one is on Amazon. Um, I imagine season two is forthcoming. Yeah? Yeah. That was fun, right? I think I got to get a different guitar out here, put some new fucking strings on this, or maybe I just got to practice more. I don't know.